0: Thank you, Scott, Tammy, and Greg, and Martin, and thank you for uh, participating this morning in worship. Uh, you know, one of the things that is dear to my heart is global, local, domestic missions, and what Scott has offered us this morning through the power of Grace Radio Ministry here in the missions there in Cambodia is he's offered us an opportunity to, from right where we are, to make sure we fulfill the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is just one way. I say this all the time. Some of you will never get your passport, right? But some will. I, I, Miss, uh, uh, Miss Pat over here, she told me one, one time, this was so funny. She said, the Lord said, and lo, I am with you always, not high, up 40,000 feet. I love that. And so some of you will have your passport and you will go to a foreign country. I've had the privilege of going to several different places around the world. Uh, one of the things we did right after we got here to First Baptist Town was share with you my heart to, to get the gospel in other places. And just this past year, well, it was now the year before, in 19, we we're able to go down to Ecuador uh, with Greg and Annette Johnson as a kind of a, a field study, a, kind of a, a mission to see what's going on and... Because of COVID, we weren't able to go back. And uh, at this point, but we're planning putting some place things together here very soon uh, to go back. And places like Cambodia come up and opportunities to, to get into those places that are hard to reach with the gospel and the radio. The one thing about it is these uh, towers owned by this ministry, they're able to send that, that word into those homes, on those playgrounds, wherever... People are assembled, and I'll tell you, the good news is heard, but also the good news transforms the heart. And uh, one of the things I wanted to share with you before uh, before we head out today, just as, a, as my commitment to this ministry, uh, we have established here at First Baptist something this past year. Uh, one of the things I realized is there was not a mechanism to give to missions outside of our cooperative dollars. It's through our tithes and offerings. And I set up what we have called the Acts 18 Mission Fund, and some of you have given to that. It is one of our designated accounts that you can give strategically to, and what I wanna do this morning as a, as a way of promoting this work and saying that I wanna get behind it is I'm already committing 10 radios uh, from this, uh, this account, and I'm telling Annette so she can write the check uh, this week uh, for the very first time, but we have monies re- reserved for that, put there. But I want you then to go above and beyond that for me today. We're going to go ahead and take care of uh, 10 of those radios uh, this week. And, and I would love you maybe to to pray about partnering with this ministry as well and placing radios in Cambodia. So thank you, Scott, for leading us. Thank you for being here. And is he worthy? Yeah. He is, right? He is worthy of all our praise. I want to thank you for being here because last week I was, I was very... Burden leading up to this past week about where the pandemic, where COVID-19 has taken the church. I was concerned because, like, like many of us, we feel disconnected, we feel scattered, we feel a little lonely at times. And I know that maybe July, maybe June, even later in the year, as the cases begin to rise and be, we began to try to do church again and we try to gather. I recognize that it's been a challenge, not just for us at church here at First Baptist, but it's been a challenge around our community and around our country for, for people, men and women of God, to come together in a safe and environment to be able to worship Jesus Christ, how to do this in a, in a wise way. And, and I recognize that because of our time away that so many had been connect, disconnected from our body. And I said last week how one week will lead to two and two will lead to three. And then eventually, you know, church is a distance in the past in our rearview mirror. And I told us and I encouraged us that we need to reconnect Uh, We need to, in a way, recommit to the the local church and the mission that God has called us to. And this very mission is to go and make disciples. We want men and women to to embrace Jesus Christ. We want them to grow in the Word of God. And then we want them to engage the the world in which they live. And they do that through the Word of God. And so thank you, Scott, for reminding us that this is where we are as a congregation. That we want to make sure the good news of Jesus Christ goes from 101 North College Street to the rest of the world. And that world may be your neighbor. That that world may be your classmate. That world may be your coworker. Wherever God takes you, that mission is the same. And this morning I want to begin as kind of a, a small series because I feel burdened that because of our disconnectedness over the past year, that maybe for some of us we ought to get back to the basics or we need to get back to what I'm Affectionately calling the fundamentals, the essential tools for the spiritual living. Fundamentals, because at the end of the day, there are things about the Christian life that no matter what we're going on, what's going on in the world or no matter what we're facing, they remain the same. God doesn't change. The, the, our mission doesn't change. The requirements as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, those things don't change but even though the things around us might, those do not. And so this morning, I want to begin by looking at, beginning a series, looking at fundamentals. I remember growing up and playing football, and the coach often reminded me that we need to remember the fundamentals, right? As an offensive lineman, I didn't get a lot of glory. I was one of those guys in the trenches that showed up. We were there. We had the 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 high numbers, we were those guys on the front blocking and moving everybody out of the way. There wasn't a lot of glory to it, but the coach often reminded us the fundamentals. You know you often forget that as an offensive lineman, you've got to get in a three-point stand no matter what. You've got to get down. You've got to do that. Play after play after play. There's certain things about your, your technique. There's certain things about staying low. There's certain things about how you use your hands. There's certain things about how you, you look in the angles and all of this stuff that goes in that, that you don't you have to know before you go into the game, right? It's just the, the knowing. It should be uh, just a, a usual thing for us. And as a Christian, there are some fundamental things that I believe the Christian life we are called to. One of the best ways to illustrate this this morning is, is really two of the, my favorite stories in Scripture. One of them actually is found based upon the song we just sang, Is He Worthy? Revelation chapter 5 gives us a glimpse. John, who is uh, who is sharing Revelation chapter five with us is in a, a bit of a, um, a a bit of a frantic. He's he's crying out to God because the scene is this: there are people from all over the world. There are people from every tongue. There are people from every tribe. We are now in uh, uh, heaven. We're in a place looking at at who is worthy. Now we see the elders here with 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 seals to be opened and 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 to unveil what is going to come and. And they all look around and, they, and they're wondering and they're in anguish because there's nobody worthy. And then John sees him. He sees Jesus. Uh, he describes him as, a, as the lamb that had been led to slaughter. And he was worthy, right? What it shows me is this, is that God is, is holy, right? God, God is awesome. God, God is sovereign. God is in charge. And when the world is failing around us, and when all the life seems to be unraveling before us, he is worthy. He's worthy to take up the seal. He is, will, he is worthy to open it. But not just that story, but Isaiah chapter 6, another story that I see in Scripture, the prophet Isaiah sees he enters the throne room of God. And in this moment, we, we understand that the scene is this. He saw the Lord... He's lifted up. He's high on his throne. And among him, there are seraphim and they're they're flying. And they're there and they're worshiping Jesus. They're they're worshiping God himself. And it says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the place. When I see this story and I understand the the picture of Isaiah here, I I know that what we see described here in the text is this, is that God is holy and God is righteous and that God sits on his throne. As a reminder of all that, that we've experienced as a church and to just be able to sing this morning and to praise the Lord and to get up and be healthy enough to get our clothes on and to worship, let us never take that for granted because He is worthy. Amen? He is worthy of your praise. He's worthy of my praise. He is creator. He is sustainer of all things. And this morning we enter into that, that moment that time in all of our lives to recognize that because God is holy as a church and as a people of God, we too have been called to holy living. If you want to call the first fundamental is this, is that I believe God has called us to holy living. As a fundamental truth that God has called every one of us to is that we, because we have seen the, the, The holiness of God and experience his glory and experience his worthiness that we too in the Christian life are to be called to a holy life. And this is a daily thing. When we recognize what the holiness of God is, the definition that I want to share with you this morning, A.H. Hodge tells us that the holiness of God, listen here, it's not to be just conceived as an attribute of others, but it is a rather general term representing the conception of God's consummate perfection and total glory. It is His infinite moral perfection crowning His infinite intelligence and power. It is His infinite moral perfection in the crown of the Godhead. Holiness is God's total glory crowned. I would just want you to think for that just a moment. I want you to think about who God is. You know, as we study. God and we study who He is. That's what theology is all about, right? That is the study of God. We learn about His attributes. Attributes. We learn about how God loves us, how He cares for us. But you know, often we we sit and we really just focus on those things that really make us warm, right, and make us comforted. But you know, God is very righteous too. He's 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 a judge. He He's a He, he is. A father who disciplines us as well. And all of these attributes come into making who God is. But above them all, we know he is holy. If you define perfection, if you go then exponentially beyond 10, 100, infinity of perfection, you then will see God the father. And it's because he is holy, the Bible says in 1 Peter, but just as you have been called, God who has called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. Think about 1 Peter 15 when he says that. Because for it is written, be holy because I am holy. That is God himself saying that to us. Now what does that mean today? 21st century, Cedartown, Georgia. What does it mean to be holy? Well, today what it means is this. is one thing that we're able to do when we consider being holy. In the English, we understand it to be something that is set apart. Something that is different. Because God is holy, He is distinct from all other creation, you and I are the same. We, because we are new creations in Christ are called to this holy and distinct type of life. Now, for some in the world today, that may be even an odd life, a strange life. And for many of you today, that may be a difficult thing. You know, Paul talks about the foolishness of preaching. It's through the foolishness of standing up like I do Sunday after Sunday, preaching to you something that you all can read. That God chooses to do that type of work. But do you know through this foolishness of preaching that men and women, boys and girls, just like yourself, they get saved. That the power of God gets inside of a person and transforms them from who they were to who they are now in Christ. And that's what it's all about. It's all about this pursuit in our lives today that doesn't go away in the Christian life. It should be that daily thing that wakes us and when we hit the ground in the morning that we are reminded that we are to pursue the holiness of God and because he is holy, we are to look like him. God created us in his own image and we should be a reflection of that and one of the ways we do that is to live holy and set apart in distinct lives. Do you know that as a Christian, we're to look different than the world? That, that when we consider what the church is to look like, we're not to just consult mainstream media. We're not to consult politics or politicians, but we are to consult the word of God. And the Bible is very clear about this matter, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ It's called to holy living. There is a standard to which we are called to, just like we are called to impurities in our lives, to get away and put aside sin. That's why Paul to the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 4 says this, for God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness, right? Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but rejects God. Think about that. To not live a holy life, a set-apart life, is saying, God, I don't need you. And if I were a, a man of chance, I would know that every one of you, by your being here this morning, don't want to be in that category. You don't want to be an individual that rejects God because you don't want to reject the, you don't, you don't reject, you reject the life that he wants from you, right? I don't believe any of you this morning are here just completely rejecting God. But if you are, then the Bible says the Holy Spirit of God can come and transform your heart. And the standard is the same. He has called you to this type of life. And so, as Paul says, we are called to this type of life. The one who has called us is holy. We too are to live this type of life. Now, how does that Come to us today. Well, I know that personally, people are challenged when a person speaks truth to them. When people talks about the scriptures or talks about church or talks about what the Lord is doing in their life, it's very easy to find a person who's not walking with God because quickly that person is irritated. Have you ever just began to talk about what God is doing in your life and quickly that person is irritated? It's amazing how that phone will just quickly ring. It's on silent, right? I got to make this call. I got to get this, right? Do you know how we live in culture today and the the way we're listening on the, the news even now? There is, it's crazy. We now, if you listen to enough of what's going on in the world, there are people today who say, for those who attend a local church, on a Sunday morning, like we are. We're fanatics. We're strange people. And there are some who would say that you and I, because we love Jesus Christ with all our heart, mind, and soul, we may be even a threat to society. How strange times are, right? I'm going to tell you yes, we are strange people. We are. The Bible speaks of us as being just passer-throughs to this life. We're just here for a season. This is not our home. This is not our home. But heaven is our home. And life is short. You know, a few weeks back, I talked about how so many, because things this past year have been taken from us. Things have been canceled. You can't go to concerts. I know your ministry was affected by this, Scott. Trips were canceled. Vacations were canceled. Things, hopes, and aspirations, and you know the visions that you had for 2020, all of those gone. All of those gone. And I told people, I told you, that if your trust is in the things of this world, and if your perspective is in on those things which are earthly, rather than those things are eternity, et- eternal, then you probably right now are, are in a bit of anguish. You're suffering. That's why people today are, are so challenged by what we've go- gone on, what's going on in life is because what it shows us is where our heart is. And if you're trusting in man and you're trusting in systems and you're trusting in what you can hold on to, then sadly, when it's taken away, your, your world is thrown upside down. Your world is upside down and you just don't know where to turn. I'm here to tell you, even when your world is turning upside down, God is still there. God is still holy. His standard hasn't changed, nor should our standards ever change, right? The same God who is pure and holy is the same God who has called us to that type of living. In 2 Corinthians 7, Paul again writes, Since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every impurity. Again, putting aside sin, cleansing our lives, getting the things that hold us down and putting them aside and away from us. Because for some of us, they're holding us down. Right? They're holding us back. They're keeping us from living that type of life that God wants from us. A life that he blesses, a life that he honors, a life that he uses to accomplish his work. And I'm here to tell you that we are the church of Jesus Christ that God has called to accomplish the work here on this earth. And it's gonna require every one of us, I say this time and time and time again, it's gonna require all of us To make his gospel known. In whatever way. He chooses to use you. We must be willing. We all play a part. And last week I described what the church looked like. And we all are different members of this body. We all are different. Play different roles. And we all have differing gifts. But when one of us. Doesn't stand up and do what it's called to do. Do you know who suffers? The whole body. As a body of Christ, we are called to live holy lives, a standard that He set before us. And because of that, we must do everything we possibly can to order our steps, to order our lives, to make sure we're on point. We're on point to where when God says, are you ready? Put me in, coach, right? Put me in. So when it got to that place in the game where your number was called, you didn't have time to go over here. Now let me tell you how to get down in a stance. Well, I'm not gonna try to do that today. I'm not gonna remind you who you're supposed to block or what position you play. I'm not going to go over here and tell you that this is a football in your hand. Now go throw it or run with it. I don't have time to teach you those things. It is part of who we are. It's part of our growing in Christ. And that ought to be what is part of our lives here today. You see, discipleship, growing in Christ, in community, is something that God has called us to as well. And we are much better together than apart. We're much better together. I talked about last week again about how community provides and offers us accountability that you can't find in the world today. Accountability in the local church and in your small group or Sunday school. It's found there where you're not going to find that elsewhere. Most people aren't going to tap you on the shoulder at Walmart and say, have you read your Bible this week? Now if they do, maybe it's a member of First Baptist encouraging you. But most likely, you're not going find, to find yourself in a restaurant one day and someone just tap you on the shoulder and say, you know, have you spent time with God this week? Have you been on your face before Him? Are you praying big prayers for our church? Are you praying big prayers for our community? Are you praying that God would send a revival in our community? Are you doing these things? You don't find that in the world, but you find that in the local church. And so as members of that body of Christ. You don't have to be a member of our church per se on our role, which we invite all of you to be if you don't have a church home or not attending a Bible-believing church. We pray that this will be your home. You will be a part of our family. But no matter, matter where you're at, that you're willing to do whatever it takes for the cause of Christ. That you will make sure this fundamental part of your life is shored up. That holiness is something that you are pursuing each day. Christopher asked me in putting these points together, what's your points today? I just got one. Pursue holiness daily. Is it going to be hard? Absolutely. Is there going to be distractions? You better believe it. Are there going to be people that are going to be pulling you away from that, ad, uh, uh, that, that, that work? Yes. There's going to be things that come up. That's why I say that routine is so important. Discipline is so important. Doing the same things over and over again at the same times. If you read your Bibles and pray in the morning, you do that. If it's at night, you do that. If you do it at lunch, 10 o'clock, whatever your schedule might be, you set it. And don't let anyone take it from you because your pursuit of holiness is way, way, way more important than anything else in this life. I promise you. Don't let anyone tell you differently. I want to see a church filled with men and women who have eyes to see the world as it truly is. Spiritual eyes. That can see what's going on in the world and not be fearful, but have courage. Not to look at all that has gone on in 2020 and just go in the corner and sit down and pout, but believe the book and believe what God's promises are and stand on them. That's the church I want to see. That's the members of Jesus Christ Church, First Baptist Cedar Town. That's what I want us all to be striving in that direction. Because when we're doing that, there is no power. There's no power on this earth that can keep the Lord's work from being accomplished. Those kids in Cambodia, you better believe it that God has and will use you and me. To get that word to them. You know, God has already got that child. He has already got that person in mind. You might question that, but if you question that, you question the sovereignty of God. I believe our God is big, and I believe our God is able. And just as He is holy, just as He is able, just as He is powerful, just as He is all loving. Let that motivate us. I recognize in a room this size, you may be here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never experienced what it is to live in Christ or to know Him or to walk with Him. You don't know what this pursuit of holiness is because you don't know it. Then today, I would invite every one of you that don't know Him to trust Jesus. The Bible is very clear If you would just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that you would believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you know what? You're saved. Saved from what? Saved from an eternity, separated from God. But because of what Jesus has done, he has made a way for salvation for us all. Do you know him? Have you trusted him today? Are you here this morning and holiness is a hard thing for you? You're in a relationship that's just probably not wholesome for you. The things that you're trying to avoid in life, they just keep creeping up. Those sins that constantly come at you, even though you even ask God to forgive you, it just keeps coming up. And every time you just keep falling. Is that anger in your life? Maybe unforgiveness in your life? Unconfessed, whatever it is, is keeping you from this daily pursuit. I want to invite you today to just seek God and ask Him to help you release that stronghold that's in your life, that sin. You are not going to overcome it yourself. You're not powerful enough. I had to come to that in conclusion in my, my own life. I'm not able in my own strength to deal with what comes at me. But with the power of Christ, we can. We can overcome. If you need to ask God to forgive you today, recommit your life in some way to him and service to him in devotion and commitment to holy living, And you do that today as we have a time to respond to this message. Would you join me as we pray? And we'll have Scott and Tammy come. And and I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning and just enter a time of prayer today as we ask the Lord to just take His Word, this call to holy living, to examine our hearts today, to search deep within. I'm reminded is that even though we drift God never drifts so maybe today might be an opportunity to just recommit to recenter our hearts on him and in this pursuit to know him better, to serve him whatever God is doing in your heart today, just be obedient The Lord has spoken to you and by way of repentance, salvation, then you respond to Him today. But you just do business with God this morning. father in heaven around this room i recognize that there are so many lives represented so many families represented but everyone a soul to which you sent your son to die for and god i just pray as we have a time to just respond even now that lord you would just just shape hearts transform lives today offer forgiveness through faith that you would Lord just transform lives today that you would set us on a place, a, a path Lord of pursue it to the holiness that you desire of us each day whatever God it is you have your way God you have your way for it's in the powerful precious name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said.